day 767, I think, roughly, without a Pac-12 media deal. And I don't think there's a timeline on this thing. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions. Please continue to like, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch this show. Thank you to everyone who has done so already. Um, we, we don't have a deal. You know, I, I again, I think we're going to get one. But I don't know when. And that's the question that we're now trying to answer, fundamentally. When are you going to get a deal? And the reason that I don't think there's a timeline that you could apply here within reason. Say like, oh, it's got to be the next couple weeks. Or it's got to be before March Madness. It's got to be. I don't think that's going to happen. Because we've reached the point where the Pac-12 is taking a public relations and you know perception hit across the country all the time. But the Pac-12 has made it very clear. They are not trying to fight that battle. Because whether it's Reese Davis joking on ESPN, whether it's podcasts and shows like this one, whether it's media personalities, articles, whatever, they don't really seem to care what other people are thinking and saying about the league. Because in their view, apparently, you don't have to agree with this particular strategy, but this is obviously what they're thinking now. They are not concerned with the idea that the perception of the league is going to impact the details of the league in terms of what they can get for their media rights evaluation. Because they have been taking jabs left and right, and the only sort of pushback that we've seen came from one tweet from the Utah Athletic Director who said very clearly and in a not-so-polite tone, he didn't you know, use a bad word or anything, but I sound like I'm five years old. Anyway, um, he didn't say anything bad, but he was very dismissive of the idea that Utah and the so-called four-corner schools would be going to the Big 12. Like, he was not having it, right? But other than that, the conference has gone into complete and utter radio silence. And on the one hand, I kind of keep thinking, well, maybe they'll send something up. Maybe they'll do. But as they continue to not do that and just let everyone form their own opinions and let everyone report stuff and speculate and think and you know do everything that we are seeing on a daily basis about this conference in terms of how people view it and how people talk about it, they don't care. Like, you're past the point of no return. The perception of the Pac-12 has taken a body blow because they can't get the media deal announced at this point in time. And so that that then leads people to believe it's really weak, it's on the precipice of collapse, it's, you know, in a horrible, terrible, no good, very bad situation. 
Because if they were in a great situation, they would have announced it right now. And I think there's some credence to that idea. If they had a home run deal, you know, barring a wildly unexpected announcement of a certain media rights partner that increases the value significantly above our expectations, which for me are probably high 20s, low 30s per school per year, unless they've got that, they're not going to have some home run deal. And I don't think that's particularly likely. Because if they had a home run deal right now, they would have announced it already. Now, the one caveat there is, I use that word too much, but that's okay. If they're working on something that we don't see coming, you don't always know. And the radio silence from the conference itself, not individual actors, you know, former coaches, a couple of athletic directors here and their presidents, but from the conference itself, from George Klyovkov himself, who did not hold a press conference at the Pac-12 uh, men's and women's basketball tournaments. He was there, but he was not talking to the press because he knew exactly the sorts of questions that he would get asked. At some point, and I, I don't know when this point was for George K., but at some point, he, he realized, you know what, we don't want to fight the PR battle. It's not going to alter, in his view, what the conference is going to be able to get from any and all media partners that they actually have. So why start now? That, that's, that's clearly what he's thinking here. And I think that's why there's no real timeline on this thing. Because... If in his view, you've already passed the point of no return of, you know, people are going to be bashing the conference all the time. Well, they've already done that. Like the, the damage has already been done. You can't really do any more. The only thing that's really left to discern about the Pac-12 as it pertains to the national college football landscape is what does the deal look like? Because every day, there are more and more people who have the opinions, who will write pieces, who will speculate, who do all this sort of stuff, and it'll be negative talk about the Pac-12 and how he's not doing a good job and he's not going to be able to do this, he's not going to be able to do that. But that's already been a pretty widespread phenomenon at this point. So I don't think he's in a hurry. I don't think he's in a hurry. And the, the, the caveat that I alluded to but then didn't explain and will uh, do so right now is... If they're involving someone like Amazon or Apple who have not been involved in the college sports landscape before, there is an almost Occam's razor sort of explanation to that as to why this is taking so long, which is there are more details, there are more things than any of us, myself included, could possibly understand to negotiate all this sort of stuff. And it's trickier because you are dealing with a new player at the table. That, that is, I, I think that's a completely plausible explanation for as, as to being a contributing factor, not the sole thing, right? It, it cannot be everything. Details and ironing out every, you know, crossing your T's, dotting your I's. That's not why this has run into basically the middle of March. But it could be why they end up announcing at the end of March instead of the, the middle of March, You've got lawyers involved. You've got media partners. You've got companies. Like there's, there are a lot of players there, and it's more complicated than even I probably understand because I am not a media rights expert on this front. I am not a conference commissioner. I'm not a TV network executive. They know what is involved, but I imagine that's that's part of uh, the holdup here. There could be other elements as well as to what what's taking the deal so long to get done. 
And we're going to get to that. And we're going to get to Pac-12 basketball talk. Because the league got four teams into the tournament. yippee There was a point in time, not long ago on this show, where it was very realistic the league was only going to have two teams in March Madness. Now it's going to be four. I am not a math major for my college degree, but I do believe I can say with authority that four is greater than two. So, good vibes there for the Pac-12. And a couple things to talk about. One of which is that Built Bars are fantastic. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite Built built Bar or Puff. I know I do. Mint Brownie. All the way. And now it's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorite Built Bars. I'm, I'm I'm going Mint Brownie. I am. I think Puffs are fantastic. They are excellent. Quality products. Delicious little more, you know, post-dinner dessert-oriented than a traditional Built Bar, which are also sweet, but only have four grams of sugar. Of course, 17 grams of protein. But when you vote for your favorite bar or puff at BuiltMarchMadness.com, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay. Other things that could be holding up the Pac-12 media deal. There are several. I mentioned the details, the logistics, the small stuff that people don't think about and whatnot. It could be negotiations for which games will go where, who gets priority. You know, like when Oregon plays Washington, is ESPN going to get that game if they're involved? Someone else going to get it? Like all that sort of stuff I think can be tricky to negotiate. I don't know how long that typically takes, but it could be taking a while. But question came in here. This was from Shorts All Year, which, by the way, is a vibe that I'm so here for because I hate wearing pants. I have to often for my job when I'm doing play-by-play, you're wearing pants. Like, that's just sports casting 101. I am in shorts right now because I know you really, really cared. But, you know, this is podcasting. It's a bit different. So... Love the love the title there, my man. Uh, hope you had a great trip with the family. I was with my brother and two friends at Disney World. Dude, it was immaculate. Thank you for asking. Question, as a Duck fan, would you like to see the Ducks go to the Big Ten? Also, do you think the Ducks in Washington are asking for more money than the other schools? I want to start with that second one, the unequal revenue sharing, because this, I think, could be a holdup at this point in time. The conference has done equal revenue sharing for quite a while. And though it was not the only factor, there is a case to be made. It was a contributing factor. I don't even think there's a case to be made. I I think it's 
kind of common knowledge that it was one of the things the USC checked off of their boxes of why we should go to the Big Ten. Because we're bringing in X amount, but we're only getting Y amount. And Y is less than X, and we would like to get more. And so they're going to go get more in the Big Ten. Now, Oregon and Washington are unquestionably the two most valuable remaining brands and schools for the Pac-12. Another subject we'll get to a little bit later in the show. It was mentioned. It was not. It was nothing concrete, but it came up. The Oregon State president did an interview and talked about the idea of unequal revenue sharing, and just seemed to at least, at the very least, indicate that it was on the table, that it was possible, that it had at least been thrown out in some meeting somewhere, and that could be a sticking point for Oregon and Washington that's making this deal harder to get done to put ink to paper. That's speculative on my part. I'm not reporting anything here. I'm not a journalist, as a matter of fact. I'm just an opinion host. But I do think they'd have a case for that. Oregon and Washington definitely would. But I don't exactly remember how it goes. There's something about the carrot and the stick. You know, you offer a carrot, but you can only do that if you've got the stick. I don't know. Someone explain that to me. I just, anyway. So if Oregon and Washington are at the table saying, we want to have a slightly bigger piece of the pie because we are more valuable than a lot of the other schools, than the Arizona schools, than Colorado, even than Utah, Oregon State, Washington State, obviously, as well. I don't know if they have a threat that they are realistically going to be able to hang over the conference's heads if they don't get that. They could say, we want this. This is something we are interested in, and we believe we are worth it, which they are, but the Pac-12 could come right back and say, well, what are you going to do if we don't give you this? Because I do not believe their options are as plentiful as many of you believe they are. The Big Ten is not calling. If the Big Ten were calling, if they were interested, Oregon and Washington would have left already. That's not happening, at least right now. And as for the Big 12, you all know, I've never been a huge proponent of more Pac-12 schools leaving the conference for the Big 12. Pac-10, or Big 10, absolutely. But I don't think that's something that Oregon and Washington, I think that would be an empty threat. The Big 12 would, of course, take Oregon and Washington in a heartbeat. I don't think they would go there. I do not think they would go there. Pac-12 presidents are driving realignment. Said it before, I'll say it again. Pac-12 presidents care about academics and reputation more than some other conferences, including the Big 12, by the way. But they care about it. You can criticize them for that and say, that's your shortcoming, that's why you're not going to achieve X, Y, and Z. All right. There's some merit to that. But that's the lay of the land. So I don't think Oregon and Washington have a realignment option at this point in time. The Big Ten doesn't have a commissioner. They're not going to add schools when they don't have a commissioner. At least I don't think they've hired one in in the time that I've seen. But that's one of the reasons that Kevin Warren left the Big Ten. I think he wanted to go for more. and The president said, no, we're good. So he went to go run the Chicago Bears, who made a good trade the other day. Got the uh, number 961... A couple other picks and DJ Moore for the number one pick that they weren't going to need. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. 
Anyway, so I I think I I honest honestly, shorts all year, I'd say it's 50-50 whether or not Oregon and Washington are going for unequal revenue sharing. But frank but frankly, I I'd actually probably go 60-40 they're not. I think it's possible because they could make the argument, but I don't know what the threat is. Like what what what's their threat? They're not going to go independent. They're, I don't think they're going to the Big 12, and the Big Ten's not an option. What does that leave them? It doesn't. It doesn't leave them a whole lot of a whole lot of threats to to counter with. If the Pac-12 says no, we're going to continue with equal revenue sharing, except for the new members that they'll add uh, for for the new media deal and whenever that gets announced, which I hope is soon. But eh, I'm not optimistic at this point. As I said at the start of the show, I don't think there's a timeline here. I think. The Pac-12 has sat there, taking the body blows, taking the perception hits, and just said, okay, we're going to go back to negotiating our deal now. Have fun talking yourselves into a circle, which is kind of what I've been doing the last last couple months. Fun times. All right, uh, let's move on to another question. This one from Wayne Roberts. Uh, Skoducks, a couple of Oregon fans here asking this sort of que- these, these questions, which is all good with me, of course. But I love getting questions from all of you, from all fan bases, and I've gotten a lot of them from a lot of different fan bases. Keep them coming. YouTube comments, Twitter at Smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore Pac-12. Mentions and DMs wide open. Skoducks, Spence, we know you're a Pac-12 fan, obviously. Peep the banner. Peep the banner. Uh, As far as wanting to save it, very much so. Although, save it implies that it's dying and having taken a hit is not the same as dying you know like if you get shot in the shoulder you're not dying but you do need to address the wound but if you get shot in the heart that's 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 dying it does feel like the big 12 and the big 10 will take members does the pack survive that or is it done away with if four to the big 12 and four to the big 10 would it be salvageable um (laughs) that you you talk about a doomsday scenario four to the big 12 and Four to the Big Ten. I assume he'd be referring to the four corner schools of the Big 12, which still hasn't happened, even though a lot of people seem to think it's bound to happen. Here we are. And then the four to the Big Ten would be Stanford, Cal, Oregon, Washington. So that would leave you with Oregon State and Washington State to build a conference. So the answer to this, I believe, very unrealistic scenario, Wayne, is... No, then I don't think the pack would be able to find enough members. Well, unless you accepted G5 status. I mean, that, that's, that's what you'd be down to. Because think about all the expansion candidates I've run through here on the show, right, in, in, in the last several months. They would then have to go hard after those schools. So they'd have Oregon State, Washington State, San Diego State, and SMU. That's four. You need to get at least to 10. So you'd be adding... Tulane, Rice, that gets you to six. Um, you'd probably add, Nev- eh, I don't know about Nevada. You'd, you'd add UNLV, that gets you to seven. This would unquestionably be a G5 league at, at, at that point in time. Could it survive? It'd be really hard. I, I mean, it'd be really hard because if you're going to keep those same standards, I think that'd be pretty impossible. Like if you lost eight of your 10 remaining schools, no, it could not. Are you going to lose 80 or 10 remaining schools? The answer is, again, no. Um, not not at this point in time. Unless the Big Ten wants to go for the kill shot and go for the Bay Area schools, Oregon and Washington, don't see that happening. At least not right now. This round of realignment, I think it's done. 
I don't think there's more realignment coming. But in five years, when the Pac-12 media deal is up, I suspect it'll be five or six. That's that's my prediction. Long has been here on the show. I'm continuing to stick with that. Then you you have to reassess at the time. But yeah, I mean, if you lose eight of ten, that's you know, th- then it would probably dissolve, which has happened with conferences before, by the way. If you go look at the history, there have been a lot of conferences. The SEC was once the Southwest Conference, I think, way back in the day. You know, there was a... a the, the Pac-12s had a bunch of different names in terms of the, the schools that that we know to be in it. Used to be under a different label way, way back in the day and whatnot. But I don't think the Big 12 and the Big 10 are, are going to come from more schools right now. In the future, yeah, of course that can change. Things can change. But right now, I, I think they're uh, they're okay at the moment. Basketball's got four teams going to the big dance. That's better than two. Where does the conference stand going into March Madness, the greatest sporting event on planet Earth, which if you want to gamble, pff, FanDuel, duh, easy way to go. We're past the midway point in the NBA season. March Madness is literally later this week. I cannot contain my excitement. It's the greatest thing in the world. I love it so much. And FanDuel is America's number one sports book. You can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Don't miss the chance to get that no-sweat first bet when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. You can bet everything from money line, point scores, threes drain, everything. March Madness, they've got it all. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So Arizona, congratulations to the Wildcats. Got to give them their due credit. I know I've got some Arizona listeners or watchers out there, and I appreciate all of you. Wildcats, tournament champions, UCLA regular season champions. They are both two seeds in March Madness. Now, I give you your credit and props there, Wildcats, because I trust UCLA more in this tournament than I do Arizona. March Madness to me is about guard play. And there's no team that I trust more in the Pac-12 in terms of guard play than UCLA. Now, a close second is USC. Boogie Ellis is playing fantastic. I think they're going to win their first round game against Michigan State, then probably lose to Marquette. And I'll keep breaking bracket stuff down as the week goes on. If you have any questions on that, want me to dive into something, by all means, drop a comment. I'm all in. I've already done like eight mock brackets and, you know, refreshed the page. So I haven't saved it yet. Seen what I like, what I don't like and all this sort of stuff. I think UCLA has got a super favorable draw. Now, getting four teams in, Arizona State is a first four in team or last four in. So they have to play Nevada to be an 11 seed. But... If they are able to win that game, then they would take on six-seeded TCU out of the Big 12. And, you know, you just, you just got to get going, right? It's it's March. Literally anything could happen. It's the greatest sporting event in uh, the entire world. But I think the conference did well to get four teams into the big dance. I don't anticipate them doing a lot. Now, they could make some noise. I think UCLA is... is, is the team most poised to make a run here. Because think about Arizona. Last year they lost in the Sweet 16, yeah, to Houston, who was a five seed. And they were underseeded there, as in they should have been a three or a two. But they were a five because they'd battled injuries, and Arizona lost. I liked that Arizona team a lot. And I think this one is good. I don't think it's as good as last year. So I think Tommy Lloyd is a phenomenal coach. 
and he's got some good pieces here. Tubelis, fantastic. Had a really strong case for player of the year. It went to Jaime Jaquez, who's also excellent. I think Arizona's draw is tougher than UCLA's, which is why the Bruins have got a better chance to make a run. The Bruins are in the same uh, portion of the bracket as Kansas and Gonzaga. And then their four seed is um, is UConn. I do like UConn, but this is not a great Gonzaga team. They're flying under the radar, which is dangerous, but I think UCLA has got a favorable draw here. I don't trust Northwestern. Mountain West teams have not done great in the NCAA tournament, meaning whoever UCLA will play in the second round once they get by UNC Asheville, I think that's going to be a win. And I think the team they need to watch out for is TCU. I think they need TCU to get eliminated. But if somebody does that, UCLA could go to the Final Four. I do really think that. I don't know if without Jalen Clark they could win a national championship. I think their ceiling is getting to the Final Four. I really I really do. ASU, they're just going to try to play some chaos ball. Winning a first-round game, winning the first four-in game, uh, the first four-game would be outstanding. USC, I think their ceiling is the Sweet 16. I don't think Marquette is the most dangerous two seed in the world, but they got to get by Michigan State first. And that's not going to be easy because Tom Izzo has, he's been here before, shall we say. But so too is Andy Enfield. So fun place to be, not where we would like to be. Oregon's not here. Utah's not here. Colorado's not here. And I, and just to wrap up on this, Jared Hass and Mike Hopkins were retained for Washington and Stanford. Hass is at Stanford, Hopkins at Washington. I. You can ask me why if you'd like to in the comment section. My answer is going to be this. I don't know why. <laughs> I really don't. I don't know what either guy has shown. They've been given ample time. It, it's, it's a little bit of a mystery there. But so too is what will happen in the big dance. And we'll be watching. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day.